This episode of the Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S DETOX for $20 off any order of $50 or more with BitsBox. This podcast might have bad words because my daddy says words like sh**, damn, and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I have Mr. Whit Honey dropping by to discuss gender stereotypes, discuss parenting to boys in today's society, and talk a lot about the Dad 2.0 Summit, which is something that I'm very excited to announce that I will be a speaker at in February 2019. So he talks a lot about how he came to be involved with that, what we can expect, and uh, what is coming up moving forward. Uh, but Whit and I do a really good job diving deep into this gender stereotype uh, and how we're trying to break past that each in our own way. We share some experiences and we talk about some advice that you might have if you're struggling on wondering how to, uh, when to fight the battle and when to not fight the battle and when does it matter, when does it not. And I think our listeners will get a lot out of this episode. So uh, you can sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Wit Honey. I do want to point out, I have put all the links for everything in the show notes. In addition, uh, I was recently featured in the Voyage Dallas magazine. That is in the show notes. And I'm also very excited to announce that our ho- our guest on the last episode, Mr. Juan Vidal, the author of Rap Dad, has provided three signed copies of his book to be provided as a giveaway. So if you are already liking us on social media, following us, whatever, you are automatically entered into the drawing. I'll be doing that here in this week and posting all over social media who won copies of the book, and I will be distributing them accordingly. So for now, enjoy this episode. And uh, yeah, we've got some great stuff coming up, and I'm really excited. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is Mr. Whit Honey. Thank you for being on the show, Whit. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you, Joe. It's great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's, it, you know, I was talking about this a little bit before we went on uh, on air or on recording or whatever you want to call it, uh, but it's it's always a treat for me to get to talk to people about something I love, which is parenting on something I love, which is this show. And it just, even two years into the fact, I still kind of geek out and get excited about it. And so I am, it's a real treat for you to be here with us. And I'm excited to see where this conversation is going to take us. Yes. I, I echo <laughs> all of those sentiments. 
<laughs> it's like um, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, concur. I uh, yeah. I concur. I'm, I'm happy for you, Joe. This is great. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Let's just pile on the compliments. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, the first thing I want to start with is uh, for those. So I will I will preface everything I'm going to say with anything that is referenced in this show will be in the show notes for listeners. If you want to go reference an article or reference a video or something that we're talking about, there will be the links. You can click right to it. So do not worry about trying to keep up. Just scroll down in your description and you will see it there. But I wanted to start off by talking about you just had a video released by The Atlantic that caught my attention and was the, I will say, uh, instigator or the uh, match, or I don't know what you want to call it, uh, the kindling, which may which ignited my interest in you and caused me to do a little bit of a deep dive into who you were, what you're about, and ask you to come on the show. And for those that have not seen, there is this really cool animated, I want to say it's like what, just like five minutes, three minutes. How long is it? Uh, I'd say about three and a half minutes. Okay. So about three and a half minutes. And it's an animated video where you were talking about specifically how we as a society are trying to change gender stereotypes and how you specifically uh, or redefine gender roles, uh, change, like just kind of break the what we think of as quote unquote traditional uh, norms. So you talk a little bit about how uh, your wife, you know, puts up a ceiling fan, you cook, uh, you clean, you know, she does a little bit more of the quote unquote traditional man role. You do more of the quote unquote traditional woman role. And it's just, it's more of a, a testament to finding the balance that works for you in your relationship, in your household, and not worrying about what society thinks. You're not worrying about what how things were done before, but just leaning into your strengths as opposed to trying to make things work. And and I really like that mainly because that's essentially how it is in, in my household. I cook, I clean. Uh, my wife does a lot of the hard labor, such as you know, uh, recaulking. Uh, if we need something recocked or doing, uh, you know, some drywall repair, just a bunch of stuff that I have no desire to do, but it's something she likes and gets excited about. And I love cooking and, and it works. So all of that kind of preamble to say, I want to know what was the, a couple things. So first I want to know what was the precursor to this video and, and how did it come about? So kind of talk about the genesis of that genesis of that idea and all the way through to execution. And then also I want to talk about how, what caused you to want to talk about the specific topics that are covered in the video and how have you seen that, or how have you been able to kind of continue that through in your day-to-day -day life as well? So that was kind of a lot, but, but we can pick it apart. Fantastic. I, I am going to answer just in a big jumble because it's all <laughs> <laughs> it's all intertwined, I'm sure. It, it all goes together. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I, I guess it would start with the fact that, yes, that is how my wife and I share the, the, the duties of, of life. And it wasn't ever intentional in terms of making some sort of statement. Right. Uh, it, pre it predates us having kids and having conversations uh, along those lines, it's just playing to our own strengths and and the things that that we each bring to the table, and kind of never really thinking about it within the boxes that society dictates. It's just uh, you know we do what I can do this, you can do that. That's great. That's uh let's all let's all do it for the team. Right. And so that as when we had kids, that started to take on. I think it probably really resonated when our. We were having our first. We have two sons, 
And when we had our first son, we didn't find out uh, much to the chagrin of everyone whether or not uh, we were going to have you know, a boy or a girl. Everybody wants to know, are you having a boy or are you having a girl? We didn't find out. And it drove our parents crazy. So you kept it a surprise until... We didn't. We until... just, exactly. Okay. We, we didn't find out. And it drove everyone crazy because right. <laughs> people wanted to buy things that they believed were specific to a boy or a girl, which regardless of... Uh, there's a lot there that is uh, problematic, but just... yes. But just generally speaking, uh, what the hell does a baby need? You right. Know, other than, <laughs> uh, there, there's nothing gender specific about what a baby needs. You know, right. people, uh, uh, an infant doesn't need a tutu or a football, whatever it is that people right. think it is that they need to get. Uh, and that was when we started to really think about, okay, well, this is the way society is framing this conversation. And how are we going to raise our kids within it, but also to look outside it, you know, to, to kind of pave their own path right. and to open some doors that people just assume are sealed shut. Uh, so that's been something that I've been writing about. I, I have been a freelance writer for 15 years and that's something that I, I have, it's come up as a topic several times throughout the years. And I think that that is how I landed on the radar for the Atlantic. Okay. They came across things that I had done previously, and they had this series that they were doing. This homeschool series is what the, the title of the, the series is. And that was a topic that they wanted to explore. And I was flattered that they came to me and, and wanted to work with me. as uh, honestly a kind of a bucket list opportunity to, to be animated, let alone uh, narrate a version of my animated self. And that's... Uh, you know, as Saturday morning cartoon, uh, bucket list stuff. So yeah, it was, definitely. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> that is, it's just so awesome. What, uh, since we're on the topic of, of people buying, buying toys for, or, or buying gender specific things, pink or blue, tutus or footballs that you had mentioned. And, uh, one of the things that my wife and I did, we did find out the gender of the baby and, and we didn't have a gender reveal party, which that's that sidebar, that conversation, we can come around, we can come circle back around to that. But, uh, we just kind of low key figured it out, told people as they asked and moved on, we didn't reveal the name. And that also kind of irritated some people because they also wanted to know like, well, well, we have to get everything monogrammed for the baby and we have to do this. And, 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 you know, what will we call it? And like, we'll figure it out when we, when we see the baby, like we, we've got some names and we'll just figure it out. But, but, uh, I'm burying the lead here. So on the topic of people buying gender specific stuff for babies or for kids in general, uh, one, one thing I want you to kind of, to speak on a little bit, uh, since we're talking about gender roles and, and traditional versus non-traditional quote unquote, uh, what would you say to people who feel comfortable in the structure that quote unquote traditional gender roles brings to their life? Uh, example, an aunt who's trying to buy a gift for, you know, say, say you have an aunt that's trying to buy a gift for one of your sons and she just wants a super easy, straightforward buying experience. And she doesn't know. And all the toys are commingled and she feels confused and lost and maybe a little anxious and, and is unsure of what to do and stresses out about the thought of going to buy a toy. So what would you say to people who are more 
comfortable with the way things have always been and are feeling a little anxiety about about us trying to us meaning people like you and me trying to kind of bring these walls down and say it doesn't matter just just get the kid like whatever toy fits their personality so what would what would you really kind of say to to ease them or, or start that dialogue and conversation i would tell that aunt to buy a gift card <laughs> <laughs> You know what? Uh, you know, I, cash works. Just, no, just give I, us cash. I think you no. nailed it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Send money. Uh, I, I think you, you nailed it there at the end in terms of gifting to the personality of, of the child. And that is something that I, I would, because I have two boys, but neither one of them, well, they're their own people, you know, and right. not, my oldest especially isn't someone that is into things that this aunt who sees them once every three years is going to think is uh, necessarily traditional masculinity. You know, he's sure. not into sports and he's not into things that, that someone with a, a more outdated, more comfortable mindset, uh, you know, to use your term, right. uh, might associate. So I, I would hope that if, it, first of all, and she doesn't need to get them anything. That's very nice of her. Right. So <laughs> this aunt boy, we're really crafting this but, narrative uh, here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, w I would assume that uh, in that situation these days, we're all so connected that if someone really had doubts, I would hope or, or questions about what it would be an appropriate gift that they would reach out and make the effort to find out what that child is into, as you said. Uh, however, I'm not necessarily someone that, and my dad would disagree with this based on previous experience, but I'm not necessarily <laughs> going to fight every battle. So sure. if this, if this aunt is, I, I see her once every three years as I made up for some reason. Right, right. <laughs> once every three years. And uh, she's uh, very generous, yeah. but doesn't want an anxious shopping experience. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So she's going to send the gift and, and, uh, you know, the, the recipient of the gift is going to write a thank you card and, and life's going to go on. Right. Um, however, if we're sitting around the Thanksgiving table and that conversation comes up, then I'm going to add a little more context to it and, and kind of flush it out a, a bit more. Sure. So are you saying flush out a bit more uh, uh, or flush out a bit more as in if the aunt brings up like, oh, what a great gift this was. Do they like it? Or is it a case of they're asking, you know, kind of around the table and, they, and there's the opportunity to have more of a dialogue about it? How how are you fleshing? Has the gift already been given? I really want to go down deep with this narrative. Uh, uh, has the gift been given or sure. is it yeah. the question being asked? I, I think the, the latter in terms of just an opportunity for discussion, I okay. think I would probably be more comfortable. And I think the others involved in the conversation would be more comfortable talking about it in terms of hypothetical sure. and maybe terms of uh, society in general, as opposed to putting her on the spot for the gift that she gave. I, I sure. think that there's a better, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if someone's more comfortable, they're going to be more open-minded ish. Yeah. You know, at least more true. willing to have a conversation as opposed to be instantly offended and, yeah. and kind of shut down. Right. That's very true. And also, it seems to me that a lot of the some of the best conversations I've had with people who may not necessarily share my specific views on along these topics, I find that there's a better conversation to be had 
you know, to use the expression over, you know, while you're breaking bread, as you're sharing a meal, as you're having this conversation, because it's a bit more relaxed. And to your point, you're not addressing them directly. You're speaking more in hypotheticals and, and, and in a let's advance the conversation and let's get to know each other a little bit better perspective, as opposed to why did you get him that football? He doesn't like footballs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and as I said, I'm not going to fight every battle. And, and of course, if that, not, I'm not necessarily going to let someone off the hook, though, sure. either, uh, I will admit. I mean, if, if, it, if it gets to that, but I'm not going to push it there. I'm not going to, I, I feel that these are conversations that, that need to be have had, rather, uh, maybe in smaller increments with people who, it's just this crazy brand new world to them that they have no concept of i i don't know that uh browbeating them over over the potatoes is going to <laughs> change their mind but right. if you have these little, little conversations which is what i use in parenting as well uh, just little conversations about about big things right. and have them often you know and i i think you kind of chip away at somebody's preconceived notions yeah Absolutely. One while we're kind of on the topic of, of toys and, and gift giving, we'll we'll leave the ant alone. We won't badger her anymore for right now. Uh, but uh, uh, another part of the video for the Atlantic, you talk about a recent trip to a fast food restaurant. You're ordering food. It's you and your sons, and they ask, "What toy do you want, boy or girl?" You guys don't say anything. You're given the what was considered to be the boy toy, and and neither of your sons wanted it. So you drove around, exchanged it for what was considered to be the girl toy and moved on. And I want you to uh, walk us through that experience. And then I want to kind of pick it apart a little bit with regards to how you feel we, meaning we as society, can help to shake that... Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is how can we help to affect change for restaurants and fast food establishments to not try and, and genderize toys in the same structure that a, a store like Target, for example, remove the specific uh, designation of girl toys, boy toys, that kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, just walk us through that experience and then we can uh, do a little bit of a deeper dive. Right. So that what's funny in the video is that the, the wording I used, I believe it, I, I said that I, I made them give me yes the other toy right and I I don't think it was that, that makes it sound more forceful than it was it wasn't like I went in there in some sort of falling down moment uh, Michael Douglas yelling at the people behind the counter <laughs> <And> I just <laughs> it wasn't anything like that right. uh, I, when I saw the video I was like oh, I probably should have worded that differently yeah. but I was just I didn't understand was the we were puzzled as to why they asked us if it was for a boy or a girl. Right. Because we had never experienced that before. And maybe we just don't eat enough fast food. I don't know, but we right. weren't, uh, we weren't expecting that. And so it kind of caught us off guard and I just said, boys, you know, uh, right. or, or, or maybe I just said to them, I can't remember to be honest, exactly how, uh, that situation happened. I, I remember in the car, the boys, the boys didn't say anything. They were quite puzzled. And I think we just sat there until finally I said, boys, question mark. Right. Just to get the uh, my total to move to the next window. Right. right. Uh, and so then, then we got up there. and I didn't know what, what we 
we were getting. Uh, and so they give us these these toys, which we didn't even know were an option because uh, the the only reason that we had gone there is because the toy that was being uh, featured in their kid meal that that was the the reason we were there. It was tied to some movie, and it was a thing that the kids liked and. They talked me into going there specifically <laughs> as a treat so that they could get this toy. And then we get this, uh, you know, macho kit thing. I don't know, even know uh, <laughs> what it was. We looked at it, and just the disappointment on their faces. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, why in the world would we want them to think that they can't have that other toy because the movie has a princess in it? Right. You know, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And so we took, went back in and, and, uh, and I explained to the people at the counter that we did not want these. And of course, then it was like kind of a deal because it's a uh, the packaging is different and everything as well. And they really get they they're very into uh, selling it in terms of uh, whether it's the, the, the it's a whole different box with different images on it and all kinds of stuff. And and right. they they did give me the other toys uh, without causing too much of of of, uh, of a scene. But it was awkward. Yeah. I remember it was so there's been a couple instances where I've gone in and and this particular place has asked me, uh, is it for a girl or is it for a boy or whatever? And without even thinking, I've just said it doesn't matter because quite honestly, I don't right. like I, I don't know. I, I have a, a son and a daughter and both like they both play with each other's toys all the time. You know, we have. You know, some things were bought for my daughter, some things were bought for my son, but really they're all in collective shared spaces and toys are played with intermingling. So it's something where, uh, you know, my daughter, for instance, just recently was really, is really into trucks, but wanted, got really excited because she wanted a dump truck, but wanted a dump truck that was pink. And we actually found one and she was ecstatic for it and you know that's that's a truck you know you might quote unquote or not quote unquote you might originally think that was for a boy but she's really into that and my son lot like gets really excited to put you know to like have necklaces and put them on and like kind of play dress up which my daughter also loves to do but my son's really into it right now and it's like that's awesome and so it's like you know things that you would think would be for a girl or for a boy they're doing opposite but they also are very specific in you know, my son is really into some, he's like, he's really into like passing the ball and, and bringing the ball and trying to bounce it. And that's something that wasn't encouraged. He just started doing. And my daughter, you know, loves being crafty and really focusing on minute stuff and loves glitter. And, and so, you know, it's, they, they, they both share experiences that are, that are the same. And it's, it's frustrating to me when I have to go and I'm getting food in there and they're asking is it a boy or is it a girl? I'm like, it doesn't matter because quite honestly, I don't want to have to make a decision on which toy they would prefer because I know that whatever they're going to get, one of them is going to be happy. And it's just, it's frustrating. So how do you think we can, and that's kind of a, a long rambly way to say, how do you think we can start to change the conversation? I, I know it. these are these are businesses. And so uh, there's businesses, there's marketing, there's movies. There's a lot of factors that you had mentioned go into these key decisions, but how do you feel that we as a society or as people can start changing the conversation to where we get the message out of, Hey, we don't really care if it's a boy or a girl toy, just give toys and, 
And if you have a couple options, you could just say, these are the options we have and let people choose. Like, how do you think we get to that point as a, as a, as a people? So I, I think that, uh, first of all, I think your answer in that situation is fantastic. I wish I had thought of it at the time. As I said, I was, I was just caught so, I was so baffled by what was happening that I, I it catches you off guard. Yeah. Why I was responding. Right. Uh, now that said, I feel that even if the kids don't care necessarily, I feel like that is an opportunity to have on, on the front line of customer service to have a conversation and, and and address the issue right and that's going to work its way up the chain and if enough people do that like you use the example of target that was a huge thing for us we had a, a little bit of a tangent here but my oldest one uh i'm not gonna say the brand name but it's pretty obvious what it is but one of those fake ovens yeah. <laughs> uh, he wanted one so badly when he was younger right and it was in the aisle that was designated in Target before they changed it over. Uh, that was the, the, the girl aisle. Mm-hmm. And it, every every box that this product came in only had girls on it. They were only pink or purple. And I kept telling him that it didn't matter, that we could get it. And he would not get it because he didn't think he was allowed to. Yes, yes. Not that it, and that was really uh frustrating it really angered me in terms of that that was a message that he was getting from that and i i even one time i recall and he freaked out because he thought we were going to get in trouble i guess i'm not sure he was quite young so i don't know what he thought the consequences would be but he just felt that it was not something that we could do and at the end of the day it's a piece of plastic with a light bulb in it so what we did is go home and we learned he learned to bake at home and he still bakes to this day all the time. Yeah. Um, which um, that's not to say that product would have also uh, had that same, uh, you know, that he would have had the same love that he does now. And he probably would have, that's the whole point of it, I assume. Right. But just the fact that he, that he felt that he couldn't have that. And that was right. It was shortly thereafter, that whole target thing started with, uh, about the time like president Obama, had gift uh, a toy drive and he made it very clear that the toys should not be uh, assorted as gender specific. Right. And it was within a very short time that target followed suit with their. So things like that, I, I feel that if, if enough people speak up and, and show that it's something that they're concerned about or that it isn't necessary or, or just wrong, that eventually companies are going to listen. Right. Absolutely. So I think it's, it's, you, you had a really great point where you talked about your son noticed the packaging on the, the, this particular toy that he wanted to purchase. And, and he felt he didn't want, even though no matter what you said, it didn't matter because he felt he wasn't allowed to get it. So is maybe, and, and I had a similar experience with something when I was a kid as well. So I completely empathize with that situation and, and how, how disheartening it is for the kid and how disheartening it is for the parents, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I just wonder if maybe the, maybe the path forward to, to, to echo your sentiment, if with regards to speaking up and saying, hey, we want change, is, is maybe the first step for some of these companies to, to think about a complete, uh, you know, and I think maybe it's individual, right? But I, I think maybe 
the way forward could be something where they look at how they're marketing or how they are packaging or, you know, do you have a mixture of, of boys and girls in your product? Do you not have kids playing on it? Do you just have the details about it? How are you packaging it? I think for so many of these companies, they're so rooted in the way things have been that it's going to be hard for some of these specific companies to to shift gears a bit and think, oh, these toys really are for everybody. So we need to include everybody. But I think I think maybe that that might be the way forward is is thinking about, all right, we the people, <laughs> we the people are 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 uh dissatisfied um, um, right right <laughs> you just you said president obama i'm, I'm we the people and, right right we the people we the good parents of america uh are dissatisfied with the way you are currently branding and packaging your products but i think maybe the next step is to say is to offer up next steps that companies could do and you know they may or may not take anybody up on that but i think that might be the next step because I've heard a couple of companies, not in this specific situation, but in others, where they say it's great that people don't like this, but what should you know, like? What would be better? What is next? What right. is something you know we need to have next? I think for the next steps, it's say okay. Well, I think you need to logistically think: should you repackage everything, color-wise, or kid-wise, or everything, and just decide and then push it forward, and then just let people decide. They want it or they don't, and and maybe go from there. But you know, who am I? You know, I'm not uh, I'm not on the marketing and branding team for uh, this company. So you know, but <laughs> but, but you are the consumer, right? I am the uh, you're you're the dollar bill that they want. So that's right. I'm more of the it's... the two dollar bill, ever elusive, but very very <laughs> yeah. uh, very uh, uh, highly sought after. I feel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, well, it's funny is that. It wasn't that long after that whole incident with the with the oven that a toy came out that was also geared by all of its packaging and and every ad and it was this uh, like a loom where kids could knit with rubber bands various things. Okay. And it was 100% all in on being a girl toy, and yet my son and Pretty much every boy within throwing distance uh, seemed to be really into it, and that was when that was the first time that I saw him uh, be okay and comfortable enough to say, "You know what? That toy is awesome. I don't care if it's supposed to be for a girl. I like it. I'm going to play with it." Yeah, and that that was a huge thing for us. That's awesome. Uh, something that when you were um, talking about reaching out to companies, I, I think one of the tools that we have now that, and granted, where the conversation is different anyway, so it may not have mattered had we had this tool previously, but it is just social media and being able to reach out to brands in a way that we couldn't do previously. And we see it all the time where this company or that company is being called out or praised for, for this or that. Yeah. And that isn't something that we would have had access to 10, 15 years ago because it just wasn't an option. Yeah, that's but a now if a, if a company does something that you're not happy with, for better or worse, you can let the world know. And depending on uh, your platform, you know, more world uh, than than others, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. And it's it's something where I, I do really feel that people feel empowered. To your point, for better or worse, in being able to try and affect change for 
you know, it, it gives people a voice instead of saying, I, I feel like the mentality used to be, well, there's not much we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. Let's just accept it and move on. Now you have this generation and, and, and multiple generations are now jump, getting in on it where it's, we have the technology, we have the means, we have the ability to speak up when we don't like or we do like what a company or a person is doing and we can help validate that or try and affect change and, and make the world a little bit of a better place. And so I think you're right. I think that it is, it is a tool that people have at their disposal to, to be able to use. Yes. Uh, and I do love to see when people use it to, to praise people that are doing or, or I guess companies are people now. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. There's your, uh, but uh, I guess what, what I'm saying is it, it's nice when people reward good behavior or good decisions or things that that are the way they should be or, or the steps toward it right. as opposed to always just uh, rattling the cages of, of what isn't, even though they also need to be held accountable. But it's, it's refreshing and, and to see that it, people, again, companies, they are making strides all over the place, you know, and, and you may not see it if you, it, it gets lost in all the shouting down of, of the things that anger us. But there are, uh, there was an, an ad I just saw uh, for a tire company in, I want to say Canada, but it made a, a point and then went on record to, to say that they purposely made sure that uh, all of the kids, I'm not sure why a tire company in Canada would have uh, a toy catalog. So maybe I'm not thinking this. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's cool. It's cool. We're going for it. I don't know what it. they're doing out there. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we're going. We've written but, this but into they, existence. They made a point of having, uh... exactly. They, they made a point of having boys and girls doing things that you know, 20 years ago, that would not have been the photo. So I thought that was, that was great in terms of uh, playing with drills or, or, or baking. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really it's really it's really nice to see some of these companies such as that uh, that company in Canada. Whether it's a tire company or not, we'll never know. But uh, yeah, I, whatever it, they were, right? It was, it was in Canada though. So yeah. how many companies could there be? Right, right. <laughs> it was some Canadian shade there for you. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to pivot a little bit about uh, you. You've written a book called The Parents Phrase Book. And so I want to talk about. Correct. I want you to talk to me about specifically what are the con what can people expect when they crack open this book, and uh, tell me why people need it in their lives. So, a phrase book is something that I was not familiar with the concept of a phrase book, but apparently it is a thing that is uh, exists in any sort of uh, industry. So there would be a phrase book for working in a kitchen. Okay. And it would give you a list of, of common phrases and the terminology and the how-to of it all. And it's kind of a, uh, you know, a, handy, a handy guide to, to pick up the lingo and kind of know the, the culture of, of that particular uh, situation. And so when I was, I was approached by a publisher asking if I'd be interested in writing this book. And they already had the concept for a phrase book. And what I discovered quickly is that I had an opportunity to build upon that and share situations 
that yes, uh, people would, would, would be able to pick up some of that terminology or the, the things that the, the publisher was specifically looking for, but also to engage in conversation about things that uh, the common mistakes that people tend to make. And I've made all of them. And that was <laughs> what I did in the book was I, I took the, the, the structure that the publisher had wanted in terms of providing various phrases that kids might say and kind of break down what it means uh, and and what you would do in those specific situations. But I also put a lot of things that you don't probably don't want to do. And <laughs> frankly, quite a few of those were things that that I that I did. I make it very clear, like, you know, th this would be a great way to answer that. Uh, to this this would be the, a great way to go in this conversation. This other option is probably not the way you want to go. <laughs> and it's all trial and error. Um, so that, that that's what people are going to find when they read. They're, they're going to find situations that they can relate to, and they're going to find various options and various examples of what has, uh, by my own account, worked and not worked. And hopefully they'll be able to take something away from that that they can apply to to their own life. I like it. So when you were first starting the dis the description of it it almost sounded like a like a slang or a, a slang and lingo book like a a dictionary of terms for um, if you're going into this field or this way I, I i i received a theater degree in college and we had a glossary in the back of one of our uh intro theater classes that explained all of the lingo and phrases for the theater so that way you wouldn't have to ask what may seem not obvious to you, but are very obvious and dumb questions as you're going through. So at first it sounded like that, but then it sounds a lot more anecdotal than I originally thought as far as here's some phrases, here's something you can experience, but also here are very situational things that have happened or could happen to you. And here's a way to avoid the mistakes I have made. <laughs> exactly. It's, right. it's, it's, it's that you, you nailed it. And what I like, the way that I like to describe it is, yes, it is a book about parenting for parents, but really I like to think of it more as a guide to conversation and an opportunity to really plant the seeds for empathy and for developing a sense of uh, social awareness and, and kind of getting kids to have the healthy conversations and, and outlook that you know, frankly, I, I know we're we're of like mind on this, and not everybody is going to think that uh, our outlook is the healthy one. But right. I'm the guy writing the books; so that's my healthy outlook. Right, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, and, and putting that stuff out there that uh, gets those conversations started at a younger age, and it's not something that has to be reactionary because someone at school said something or you saw in a movie. But these are conversations that are just just happening all the time. Right. I like it. Very good. Uh, we'll definitely have to check that out. And uh, of course, as I mentioned at the beginning, all of this stuff is going in the show notes. So listeners, uh, you can go ahead and pick up your copy today uh, accordingly. So uh, you told me that you host. So you are, let me, let me back up a little bit, just a little bit. So I want you to talk to us a little bit about your involvement with the City Dads Group Modern Dads podcast. I want you to talk to us about how it got started and what is your mission? What are you trying to accomplish as an overarching goal with the podcast? So I, I know that you would never know that I host a podcast by my uh, the way I sound right now. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, 
like this sniffle thing going that I just can't shake. Oh um, no, you're good. Right. So the modern, okay, good. <laughs> the modern dads podcast. I I cannot take credit for any of it. Uh, it was started as an offshoot of the City Dads group, which started in New York. Uh, a couple guys, Matt and Lance. Uh, if you go to City Dads Group uh, dot com, you can learn all about what they do and and what it is in a nutshell is that they have uh, city specific chapters all across the U.S. and I, I believe into Canada and, and uh, I, I'm sure that they would love to go international. I don't know. I can't speak for them, but it, and, and it's an a awesome place where it's kind of a hybrid of online and real life experiences that, that people in their respective communities can be a part of all through a fatherhood lens. And so they started this Modern Dads podcast to talk to people about fatherhood and, and parenting and child uh, childhood and then all that goes with it. And Matt Schneider is the the usual host. And what was happening was after my book came out, actually, they asked me to do a little piece at the end of each episode and to kind of use examples from the book or maybe even go uh, off on a, on something else, but to kind of talk about what, what their theme had been for that specific episode and to uh, put my own, my own spin on it, as I said, and I was honored. I was deeply honored and, and grateful. And, and so I, I jumped at the opportunity. And so I had this little uh, tidbit at the end and that became gradually a thing where I started filling in for Matt when when uh, he wasn't able to do a show, and, and now we more or less share the uh, hosting duties uh, pretty evenly. And in terms of what the message is, and the mo it's just about a lot of what we've talked about now, kind of right. reshaping and redefining modern fatherhood, but through that lens of masculinity and and uh, and all that goes with it. Very cool. So uh, your end at the each episode, was it called uh, Wits Wisdom? It should have been. All right, right. <laughs> Maybe I am a brandy and marketing guy, and I just don't know it. Uh, uh, well, uh, well, I am... Well, I'm glad you're providing some wit wisdom on on detox, if nothing else. So, uh, trademark uh, 20, 2018. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, that's very cool. I like it. I like it a lot. A City Dads group is something that I just recently was introduced to. Uh, just recently, as in uh, the, today, the day that we are recording this, somebody had reached out to oh. me, and uh, and uh, I. Uh, had told me that there is a local group here in Dallas and, and introduced me. And, and so I joined it. So I, I will be uh, looking forward to getting more in touch with that group and, and the people there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. It's a really cool concept. And, and, and I encourage you wherever you are in the United States, what Wit is saying is true that there is a group most likely in a city near you. And if not, then you can at least be a part of a group and get in touch with some good people and help we're all about building the community of dads here at the Detox Podcast, and and that's that's part of what City Dad Group is trying to do is build and foster that community dad support group for you. So that I know some of the guys in the Dallas chapter. You you uh -huh. are uh, you're very fortunate. You're in a very a very good city to be a part of that. Oh, I'm very excited. Then we'll have to talk uh, off air about what those people are, and uh, and you'll have to make some introductions for me. So. Uh, I want to pivot a little bit because by the time this episode 
has come out. Uh, it will be officially announced, but uh, I'm going to be a speaker at the 2019 DAD 2.0 Summit, and I know you have been heavily involved with them in an official capacity and unofficial capacity in years past, and so I want you to talk to us a little bit more about what the DAD 2.0 Summit is, for those that are not aware, what your involvement has been in years past, and what your involvement is going to be here at the 2019 event in San Antonio. Yes, uh, I am very excited. We are all very excited about the DAD 2.0 Summit. As you said, it's in San Antonio, February 21st through the 23rd. Yes. And basically what it is, is... A hotel full of awesomeness. It's just <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, it's, it's a conference. It's, it's a it's a conference where uh, entrepreneurs, creatives, uh, brands that want to connect. Uh, we're talking earlier about marketing. Uh, th this is a, a chance for brands that would like to connect with uh, dads in terms of a, a a market and to get their feedback on things that they're doing and to possibly work with them. Uh, there's a lot going on. And during the course of, of uh, each day, we have speakers, we have panels, um, all kinds of just activities. And it's it's pretty special. I, I, I'm very excited that you have the opportunity to, to join us because uh, every year I, I there's always someone new who I – I, I speak with prior to the conference and are always a little unsure uh, about what to experience, which is totally understandable. Right. And, and it, it's always just, uh, I, I can't wait to talk to you after the fact. I yeah. Say. yeah. <laughs> I, I can't wait to get you that experience from you. Uh, it, but it, so what I do there is I am, uh, I wear two hats, which I actually wear a lot of hats because I, uh, am bald. So I wear a lot of, uh, <laughs> So <laughs> the uh, social media manager, and I'm also the community manager. And the way that that breaks down is that during the course of the year, I run the social media accounts for the Dad 2.0 Summit. And at the actual event, I am more or less doing the same, but in terms, uh, but face to face. Okay. So I'm kind of rounding things up and, and uh, getting new uh you know, new attendees squared away and, and trying to address any questions people might have and just trying to facilitate the, uh, the event to in, in such a way that everybody's having the best time possible. Oh, that's awesome. That yeah, and it's awesome. incredibly, and I, I, I know that uh, you'll find this out for yourself, but the, the, the content and, and the, the, the quality of, of content that is shared there is just second to none. It's wonderful. I'm excited. Uh, for you yeah. listeners that are tuning in, I want to let you know that when I go to this conference, I'm going to be recording several episodes worth of content with people there. I know I've spoken with Wit about linking up and, and getting some recording done. Uh, there is also a friend of the podcast uh, who has not actually been on, though he's done some promoting for us. Uh, Mr. Everyday Girl Dad himself, Mike Reynolds. We'll be linking up with him as well. So both of those, uh, we should have some good content for you there. And uh, I know that there will be more recordings that I cannot even imagine what they're going to be at this point, but I know that we're going to have them. And I'm going to do my best to release them. I may even be able to get to edit and release some of them while we're at the conference, which would be really cool. I'm not going to promise because I'm only human. 
but uh, but I, I think it'll be a really exciting time. I'm also going to try and uh, record the audio of the panel that I'm going to be on and, and try and get that for you as well. I can't make any promises. I don't know what that specific setup will look like for now, but there's just all of that to say uh, for those that enjoy the Detox podcast and are excited about this announcement that I'll be there. If you can't be there in person, don't worry. There is lots of great content that will be coming your way from me and others at the at the conference. So I'm I'm really excited about that. That was a, kind of a shameful plug for myself, but also a plug for the event and, and for you as well. So but well, uh, I appreciate that because I feel like <laughs> I've been plugging myself for 40 minutes and it's it's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. I'm uh, <laughs> really looking forward to to uh, connecting you know in in real life as they say. Right, and, right. And IRL. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for that as well. Uh, I want to shift gears a little bit more and uh, specifically talk about you had written. So one of the things that you may you listeners may have not picked up by now, although if you haven't, shame on you. But uh, Wit is a writer. He's written not only a book, but he's, he regularly writes different articles for various outlets. And one specific one that that caught my attention was a article you wrote for the Washington Post about how you uh, talk about mental health. Uh, specifically how celebrity dads, uh, as an example, Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds are opening up about their mental health to help break the masculinity stereotypes of keep it bottled in, keep it, keep stoic, can't show emotion, not this. And they're trying to open up about that, break down those walls and allow us to have a healthy conversation about what does mental health look like, reaching out when we need help, speaking up when we need to get help, and in a effort to allow us to be the best versions of ourselves we can be because we're not able to help anybody if we're not helping ourselves. So you spoke a little bit about that and you spoke a little bit more about your during the article, but I want you to, to, to talk to our listeners about what prompted that article for you and how do you, uh, how have you been able to, uh, or what has been your personal journey through this with identifying uh, your anxiety, being able to relate to, to some of these other big name people that are opening up about it and and what is your day-to-day process for addressing it understanding it and being able to work through that to be the best version of yourself that you can be so in terms of the celebrity angle i know that's something that is uh, and it doesn't matter what the celebrity angle is in any situation it's it's easy to kind of uh roll your eyes at at the idea of uh just because a celebrity says something um that we should heed it Right. Yeah, so we should be <laughs> right, right, right. listening to right. it. Uh, however, the the reason that I, I mentioned those men specifically and a few others that I, I mentioned in the article is because they are all from what we were describing earlier as you know traditional masculine uh, spaces. You know, whether they're athletes or action heroes. Right. And I think that for them to come forward and discuss their own personal experiences with with mental health. It's actually addressing, in addition, the the issue of masculinity because what's keeping a lot of men from getting the help they need is this concept that they have of uh, you know weakness associated with mental health and this concept of 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 being you know that masculinity doesn't allow for that sort of thing. Right, and that's. And so for them to come forward and, and to put their face and their name on it, which, you know, uh, a few years ago, maybe that would have been uh, a more dangerous 
thing for them to do. Maybe a, a society wasn't quite ready for that. Maybe there would have been backlash where people would think, well, uh, this guy is a uh, professional athlete and he's telling me that he's has uh, mental health issues that he is dealing with in, in his personal life. You know, they, they might not be able to separate the two or whatever it is, whatever it is that keep that people think, I don't know. Right, 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 right. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but so that, that's why I, I went uh, big with the celebrity angle at, at the beginning of that article, because, because it is important because it, th- those, those men having those conversations mean that other men who may not have had those conversations previously that, that may have been reluctant or embarrassed or ashamed or whatever it might be, um, you know, like one of the guys we mentioned was Dwayne Johnson in the article. I, I'm not saying that they go, well, the rock did it. So I guess I can right, do it. And right, right. Yes. And no, yes. And no, and they're not going to like, uh, but it's to our points earlier about chipping away, you know, it's going to chip away and they're going to be able to, they're actually going to be able to look around and see people that they admire and look up to who are being very honest about things in their life that they may relate to. And they felt that they couldn't talk about. Right. Uh, so that, that's why I wanted to bring the, those uh, gentlemen into that conversation. And in terms of my own uh, issues with anxiety, that I've, it's something that I've had uh, for a long time. However, I, I guess I am fortunate in that my specific anxiety is very situational based. Okay. Uh, and it's something where I've been able to uh, – work around uh and rather than uh the other options that are available uh in in terms of of dealing with with anxiety um obviously whatever option works for any individual specifically fantastic uh i but for me i have been well this kind of goes back see it's all a big venn diagram of right <laughs> right, 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 right. there's a lot of overlap yeah, 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 yeah. but it kind of goes back so so the what what really uh I have issues with uh, with driving and heights and, and things like that. And what the way it, the reason I'm able to work around it is because my wife gets uh, car sick if she's not driving. So okay. so again, uh, playing to strengths, right? Right. However, I live in Los Angeles. We have to drive a lot here. Yeah. Um, so I know every I know every back road, you know, and. and and so I, I've been able to figure out a way that works for me to deal with it in a way that that I am comfortable with, and that works best for for my family. Okay. Um, and so I, I, I put that in there as well. Um, that isn't to say that it's been easy, but it's something that we've figured out, and it's it's been a part of our lives for so long that uh and again in terms of talking to my kids about it i've I've talked to them about it from the beginning and told them why this was this or that was that because i i I want them to understand as they get older and to be able to apply things to to other situations in their life rather than be blindsided by these concepts when they you know my, my oldest is getting ready to to uh go take the test for his permit for his driver's license Right. And the last thing in the world I ever wanted to do was was put something in him that you know that made him not want to do that. Sure. Right. Uh, and yet at the same time be able to have conversations about, about uh, why it's important to to talk about in, any sort of uh, 
health, mental or physical, otherwise, you know, that, that you may have. So that's a very long winded answer. And I probably got way off track. That's the reason that everything kind of came together in the way that it did. Um, and I was, I was thrilled that the Washington post, uh, not only did they take what, what, uh, I wrote, but they actually put together a whole supplement for the print edition about parenting and, and mental health. And I thought that was fantastic. And I was honored to be a part of that. That's very fantastic. It is something that it's an ever growing conversation, the idea of masculinity and mental health. And, and if we don't speak up about it and we don't, we aren't cognizant of trying to better ourselves or put ourselves in a position to succeed, then we are only setting ourselves up for failure. And I think articles such as the one that you wrote are paramount to allowing us to engage in an open and active conversation about what that looks like moving forward. So I just thank you for to you specifically for writing a piece that is as impactful as this. It's just it, it it's really fascinating and it's really excellent. And it's something we need a lot more of in today's society. I, I appreciate that, Joe. And just real quick, one of the things I wanted to add in terms of that and actually with the uh, the video that we were talking about as well, it's been really uh, humbling and, and touching to have people reach out, strangers for the most part. Uh, and again, this is a, the power of social media, the, right. the, the positive of it. To be uh, have people reach out and share their own stories uh, with me, and 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 you know, it's the the humble part is is that somebody uh, would do so. I, I think that's that's a, you're letting down a lot. You're, that's a big step, right. letting down a lot of guard to to do that. Um, but it's it's been amazing. Like the 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 behind the scenes aspect of it is incredibly touching uh, to hear other people's stories and and to see how it impacts their life. Right. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's always interesting and fun to see being a part of this, uh, this podcast, just be able to see and, and in parenting in general, but specifically this podcast where we get to talk to different people and, and, and be able to hear their perspectives such as yours and, and hear about the difference that they're making and, and how people reach out to them. It's really, it's just, it's wonderful. And I enjoy every minute of it for sure. Um, okay, so before we start wrapping up here, I did have one uh, one last question I wanted to ask you. It's a little bit of a lighter one. Uh, what is, or who, excuse me, who is your favorite dad podcast host and why is it me? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm going to have to say uh, Joe Shaw. Oh, yes. Okay, great. And then, um, and why it is you, I guess, because you just teed it up there so right. beautifully, I couldn't help but swing. Oh, uh, it's something I, I had heard on a, on a, another show, uh, the other day. And I just, I, I laughed so hard at it. I had to, I had to try and work into this conversation. So, uh, just a little bit of a light one for you. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, we are, uh, going to be pivoting to, uh, everybody's favorite part of the show where I do dad jokes and I uh, try and uh, get my guests to offer up a few as well. So, uh, Wit, do you have any dad jokes that you would like to share today? That I'd like to share? No, <laughs> but I will share them. Okay, excellent, excellent. <laughs> so, what did the buffalo say when his son went off to college? I don't know. What? Bye, bye son. <laughs> 
It's awful. It's oh, awful. it's so good. It's so bad. Um, uh, do you have any more? Or is that it? How about this? Um, I, now, now I feel bad doing this joke because <laughs> talking about the anxiety issue. But <laughs> now you I have to say, share. I, exactly. Uh, I have a real issue with elevators. Oh yeah. In in fact, I'm taking I'm, I'm taking steps to avoid them. <laughs> oh, that one's good. All right, I uh, I've got two ca- Canadian dad jokes for you specifically. Uh, Google tried to help. This is good because yeah. I, I feel like I. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I feel like I owe Canada an apology right. <laughs> uh, for making light of, and especially after you mentioned Mike Reynolds, who is a, a, a dear friend right, and, right. Uh, and Canadian. Um, oh, man. Uh, Google uh, tried to offer me Canadian tire jokes. I don't know uh, uh, if that says more to my uh, laptop's built-in microphone or uh, if Google is really that smart. But uh, <laughs> um, but I've got I've got two Canadian jokes. Uh, so the first one is, uh, I wanted to let you know that uh, Wit... Uh, Canada has a real hard water problem. Uh, most of the year, it's frozen. That, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, it's like a uh, not so good. Uh, well, they had a ton of them, but I didn't understand them, and I think it's because they're Canadian related, and uh, I just it's uh, like the metric system, right? <laughs> There was a uh, well. There is one. I think I, I feel somebody will get a chuckle out of this. I I didn't quite understand it, but uh, so it says uh, a guy tried selling me Canada, uh, but I said I wasn't having none of it. None, none of it, none of it, none of it. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming that's a that's a place in Canada. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the one that I didn't. The one that I did enjoy, uh, it's a little bit of a, it's a, it's a setup joke. So I'll just go ahead and read it to you. So, uh, uh, Whit, I don't know if you know this, but long ago, when Canada was first being settled by European explorers, they came to the realization they needed one name to call this great land. However, nobody could agree. One man was elected to pull letters from a hat. He reached into the hat and pulled out just three letters and read them aloud. C-A-N-A-D-A. And that's how Canada got its name. <laughs> oh, that one wow. made me chuckle. Now, now you owe Canada an right, apology. Right, right. Oh, Canada. Uh, not my home and native land. I apologize. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. I do love it, though. I right. I do love it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's, uh, oh, what did somebody call it? Uh, 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 oh, no, I don't know. I, I'm, uh, uh, I'm just going to leave that alone. I don't remember what it was, and uh, I'm not going to try and <laughs> paraphrase it. But, uh, but it, it was uh, it was. Well, pretty funny um okay yeah, it obviously made quite an impression on you yeah i know right <laughs> like canada oh no i'm just kidding uh i can't i can't i just i just i just um <laughs> i'm actually one eighth canadian so uh me and barney uh barney from how i met your mother are are the same in that regard um uh so go. yeah i'm getting real into the canadian wilderness on that one so uh i'm gonna stop it there and uh wit uh if people want to get a hold of you or follow what you're up to what is the best way for them to do that um so i you want like my mailing address uh, no no, like, no, uh, no no i don't i don't i don't need people mailing you yeah, I'll no um, the local <laughs> coffee shop every right. saturday at, uh, <laughs> no you can follow me on uh twitter okay. so it's just my name w-h-i-t-h-o-n-e-a and then I also have a, a Facebook page, um, which is all the rage these days. That's right. So, and that is, uh, it's also my name. However, there is a dot write, writer at the end of that. So, okay. Whithoney dot uh, writer. Okay, perfect. So we'll so put that. Those are the two. Those are the two best places to find me. Okay. 
however, if somebody wants to invite me to dinner, I, I am also <laughs> up for that as well. Just uh, forward your request on to uh, uh, the detox, and uh, we will uh, pass it on. So, um... <laughs> yeah, just make sure my just make sure my aunt's not there. Right, right. The, that's okay. It's uh, it's the second of the third year, so we we're not set to see her this year. So, uh, uh, we as if I'm coming along. No. Um. Uh, so, uh, we need a hashtag for this episode. Which should we go with hashtag wits wisdom? Sure. Especially now that we have all these extra characters on Twitter to play with. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Hashtag Wits Wisdom. Uh, All right, listeners. Well, if you would like to have your story told or you know of somebody that would like to have their story told or you feel they should tell their story, you can reach out to me at Detox Podcast uh, on all social media. Or you can go to detoxpodcast.com or email us detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That is D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. And we will be more than happy to get in touch with you. So, Wit, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, uh, until next time, hashtag Wit's Wisdom and hashtag Be a Better Dad. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V O K A L now.com. Detox.